thinking about. He says, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about your plans. And I want, in the midst of those plans that, 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 that you're making, those plans that, that make so much sense to you, and you could see why they would happen, and, and, and you could see why, why you would want them to happen. I want to provide some perspective. And that perspective is this. You don't know what your life will be like tomorrow. I think I know. You think you know, but, but you don't know. Have you ever been surprised by life? Have you ever had a car wreck? Who here has ever had a car wreck? You know, most of us in this room have had a car wreck. And if you didn't put your hand up, you've probably never driven a car. When you had that car wreck, it, it wrecked your day, didn't it? And it changed your week, and it changed your month. And, and, and you know what? It might, have it might have changed the rest of your life. I don't know, depending on how serious it was. Did you expect to be in that car wreck? Anybody here get in a car wreck and you knew that you knew that you were going to get in a wreck? I mean, that's never happened to me. All of a sudden, you're just going along and you're doing the things that you're doing and you're thinking about what's going to happen later and you're just doing things like you always do them and then, bang! Everything changes. The things that you had planned for this evening, the things you had planned, that's done. You don't know. And there needs to be some acknowledgement that I don't know what tomorrow looks like. Dick Wilkins, who got out of the hospital this afternoon, I found out he was in the hospital because Diane put on her Facebook status this morning, we had an unexpected stay over at the hospital last night. You see, when they went out last night and they were going out to celebrate Diane's birthday, you know, when they did that, do you think he expected to get choked? Do you think he expected to spend last night in the hospital? No. Bill, when you had your heart attack and you'd been, you'd been working out up here at Elite, you know, and, and you, were, you were pumping the iron and you were feeling good, did, did you expect, did you expect for, for your life to be changed forever? No. But yet there it was. There it was. And every one of us, to some degree or another, we've had that moment. And, and James simply says to us, just, just, just slow down for a minute as you make your plans. You don't know what your life's going to look like. The reality is, is you're just a vapor. You, you think you're so important. I, I think I'm so important. I mean, there's this, this tendency to, to, to think that, you know, the world revolves around me. But you're just a vapor. You're just a vapor that's here for a very short time. And then you vanish away. There are some people in the history of this church who have done great things, who have done monumental things, who have touched the lives of, of hundreds and maybe even thousands of people in this community. And if I was to say their name, some of you would know exactly who they were. But if you said their name to me, I wouldn't even know who you were talking about. It was a generation ago. If you said their name to your children, they wouldn't know who it was. All of those things that we think are so important now, they go away. Life vanishes. We move on from one generation to the next. As you make your plans, make them with perspective that you don't know. Instead, here's a better way, verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live 
and also do this or do that. Nothing wrong with making plans. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about counting the cost, right? Looking at our life, seeing, am I going to be able to do it? The, the, the foolishness of a man who would, who would set out to build a tower without first sitting down to count the cost. Do I have the resources to do this? Plan, look ahead. Be diligent about those things. But as you do so, acknowledge, acknowledge first that God has a plan. Not, not just a plan for creation. Not just a plan for, for all the world, but that God has a plan for you. That God has a plan for me. That's the will of God. Not a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Not this is a good idea, this is a bad idea. That, that's not how God operates. But God has a will. God has a plan. God has a way that He wants to use you and use your life. And that may be having you as, as a major player. And it may be having you as a great supporting player in His plan. And so as you make your plan, as you think today, tomorrow, in these coming years, I will do this or I will do that, I need to first stop and to acknowledge that I have a plan. But God also has a plan. God also has a will. And the reality is, His will and my will may not match. You ever had that happen? You ever had that happen in your life? And probably the older you are, the, the, the more that you could speak to this. What's the, the little saying you see on walls and on little pillows? If you, if you want to make God laugh, tell Him your plans. Donnie, you ever had that happen? I mean, I remember when I was 21 years old, I had my life mapped out at least for the next 20 years. I mean, I, I, knew, I knew what was going to happen this year and that year. And you know how much of that happened? None of it happened. I mean, I, I've looked just at the places that, that, that I've preached. How in the world does that happen? I don't know. When I was in college, my very first work was at the Flatwoods Church of Christ. But I didn't want to go to the Flatwoods Church of Christ. It wasn't my plan. My plan was to go to Stockbridge, Georgia. And I was going to work with the preacher there at Stockbridge. You may know him. His name was David Decker. And David was there for a long time. I think he works for the Georgia School of Preaching now. But Shelly and I were about to get married, and I talked to him, and we went and visited. And this preacher was awesome. And he said, you are the guy. You are the one that we want. You, you are the one that we're going to have. And I was ready to go. And I will never forget when he called me on the phone, and he said, he said we, we met with the elders last night, and they decided that they were going to go with someone else. What do you mean they're going to go with someone else? I'm supposed to go there. I'm supposed to go work with our young people this summer. I'm moving my wife there. And I can remember on that night, I was in tears. You know, this, this 21-year-old 20, college student got the world by the tail. I was in tears because I had a plan. And somebody just messed it up. And so I reluctantly went to work with the church in Flatwoods, Kentucky. I'll just tell you a secret. I didn't want to go work with the church in Flatwoods, Kentucky. It was my second choice. And I didn't want my second choice. I wanted my first choice. You ever had that happen? Let me tell you that that summer changed my life. It changed the focus of my ministry. It changed, it changed the focus of my preaching. It changed my passion for people. It was one of the greatest summers of our, of our life. And I didn't want to go there, but God had a different plan. And I could go on and on, and many of you could, could share those same things about how you had a plan, and God said, that's not going to happen. 
the, the, the next work I had, I went to work with a church in Anna, Illinois when I actually got out of college. And I wrote, wrote down all the jobs. And at the very bottom of that list where I ranked them, you know what was at the very bottom of that list? You know what was there, don't you? Anna, Illinois. You know where I spent five years? Five years that were awesome and helped me so much? I spent it in Anna, Illinois. Wouldn't take it away. I give advice to young men today. Go work with one of these small congregations. Go, go do the job. On and on we go. Can we take a moment to understand, as I make the plans for my life, as good as they may seem to me, that God may have another plan. And if His plans don't match my plans, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm going to go with Him. You, you, remember, you remember in the book of Esther, when we think about, we think about this, this young woman who has advanced to the place of being the queen, I mean, all of the hopes and the dreams, and, and she had advanced so far. I mean, you just try to put yourself into her shoes as, as to what, how her life had changed. What is God doing? Where am I at in my life? And then, and then there comes this moment where, where this plan comes to, to decimate the Jewish population. And Mordecai comes to her, and Mordecai wants her to put her life on the line. And he says, he says, he says Esther, if you remain silent at this time, Relief and deliverance, it's going to arise from you. It's going to come for the Jews from another place. And you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have, whether, whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. I must recognize the possibility... The will of God is this hard thing, right? We have debated this to no end in our class on prayer, the will of God... It's this difficult thing that it's so hard to peg down, especially as we look forward. We see it in retrospect, Well, I, I think without even doubt in our life. But as we look forward, what do I know? I don't know what God's will is. I don't know what God's plan is. I wish that I did. Don't you wish you knew what God's plan was for you, for your family, for your children, for this church? I wish I did, but I don't. But I know that He has one. And as I make my plans for myself and my family and for this church and for this community, I make all those plans with an understanding of what I want to happen, but also with an understanding that God may have a different plan. A plan for me to do something or be something or, 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 or live something that's so different than what I have expected. Perhaps, it seems, that's what, that's what Mordecai was saying. And, and while I am limited in my understanding of that plan, I am still aware of its existence. And that affects everything. And from my awareness of its existence, I draw trust in my God. That He does have a plan. And that He is in control. Even when my plan falls apart. Even when my plan seems to be so out of control. God's plan is not. So as you make your plans, consider that. And as Esther was warned, you don't have to play a part in God's plan. You don't. You, you can say, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of that. I didn't get what I want, and so it's going to ruin the rest of my life. You've known people that have done that. Maybe you've been that person. But God's will will still be done. Maybe not through you, but it will be done through someone. And it will be your loss. God, who works not by the seat of His pants, 
I think sometimes we have that idea as we, as we think about free will that, that God's, always, God's always adjusting and I did this and so God's sitting up there and He's saying, well, what am I going to do now? You know, Wes just kind of really messed things up. No, God knows before I do that. Before I do the good or before I do the bad. God knew. God knew that, that, that Peter would come with a penitent heart before he ever did it. And God knew that Judas would betray him for those 30 pieces of silver before he ever did it. And that doesn't violate our free will, but I want us to see that God knows before they happen. He said to the prophet Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, he said, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. All of these, these little boys and girls who gather together for our pew packers, and we, and, we, and we look at them and we say, well, I wonder what's going to happen to him, and I wonder what's going to happen to her, and, 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 and what's, what's God have in store? I don't know, but God knows. God knows what sort of a man my little boy is going to grow up to be. God knows what sort of a, what sort of a lady your, your little girl is going to grow up to be. God knows. God is in control. Does that give us comfort? Does that place all of our plans that I have for my little boy and you have for your little boys and girls, does does that place it into some perspective that God is in control? I love love the passage in Genesis 37 and verse 5 when, when Joseph had this dream. And you remember the dream, the dream that came from God Himself. God doesn't even give us this much, but He gave Joseph a glimpse. Your own brothers... Your mother and your father, one day, they're going to bow down before you. Can you picture that? I've always tried to picture what it would have been like when I was a teenager if I had, told, if I had informed my brother, or maybe even worse, my father, that one day, guess what? You're going to be bowing before me. Right? How was that? That went over good in your house, Greg? You know? <laughs> it went over well in my house, right? But that's what Joseph did. He has this dream that comes from God. And can you imagine... What must have went on in that young, in that young man's head? I, I'm going to have my brothers and my mother and father, they're going to bow down before me. And God didn't tell him how it was going to happen. But don't you know that he had planned it out? Don't you know he thought about how... how well, I, God, God must, he must going to take me and he's going to use me and he's going to educate me and he's going to bring me up through the ranks and I'm going to get promotion after promotion and somewhere I'm going to find myself after honor after honor until I'm in this position where my own brothers are going to bow down before me. That makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if I was going to evaluate someone to his level, that's how I'd do it. But we know that's not what he did. That's not what he did at all. Proverb writer said, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord, it will stand. You see, for when Joseph told his brothers this, we know everything was about to change. And yes, God was going to bring him, God was going to bring him to, the, to this place, but not the way he expected to go. His own brothers were going to turn against him. He was going to be thrown in a pit. He was going to be sold as a slave. He was going to have false accusations of sexual misconduct brought against him. He was going to be thrown into prison. He was going to be left to rot in that prison. And that's how he got to where he got to. Can you imagine? Do you think that was part of his plan? I always wondered, as he was thrown into that prison, as he was drawn away as a slave, if he ever thought, but, 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 but what about the dreams? What about, what about the sheaves and the, and the sun and the moon and the stars? What about them bowing before me? How, how does this fit? How does it fit? 
It was only later in his life, after he had delivered his family, after he had delivered his family, that he said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in God's place? As for me, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about the present result, in order to preserve many people alive. You see, the perfect illustration of how God works. What if, what if God came to you and he said, he said, tonight when you leave here, I need you to do something for me. Buzzy, when you leave here tonight, there are going to be some people outside and they're going to, they're going to put you in handcuffs. And they're going to lead you away. And they're going to take you to a country that you've never been to. You're going to be a slave. Why? Well, when you're in that country, there are some things, you're going to think it's going to be getting a little bit better, but then there are going to be some powerful people that are going to tell some lies because they don't like you and you won't do what they want, what they want you to do. And they're going to throw you in a dungeon. And, and, you, and you're going to be left there. And you're going to be left to rot there, not, not for a day, not for a week, not for a month. You're going to be set there for years. But I'm telling you beforehand, if you will do that, if you will stay faithful, you will save your family. You will save this church. As a matter of fact, you will play a part in saving the entire world. Would you do it? I, I, I wouldn't enjoy it, but, but I would do it. If God, if God came, came to us and said, would, would you do that, Greg? I'd do it. God doesn't work that way, does He? He was led away and He was lied about and He was left to rot. And God just said, trust me. Trust that I have a plan. When you make your plans for today or tomorrow, understand you don't know what today or tomorrow looks like. But know that God does. God has a will. When it's hardest to see, God has a will. I remember going through one of the most difficult portions of my life and some things that I thought I knew and some ways that I thought some things were going to, fit, were going to work themselves out. And time after time, they, 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 they didn't work their way out. And I remember that Shelly would, would say things to me and she would start talking about the will of God. And I can remember thinking, the will of God? Why are you talking about the will of God? Because in my mind, I thought she was saying, God thinks this, is, thinks this is good or God thinks this is bad. That's not what it was about. It was that reassurance that God has a plan. God has a will. God is in control. And it's in the most difficult of times that I need to be reminded that I'm not the one in control. With all of my wisdom and all of my knowledge and all of my vast experience, there are some things that I don't know. And there are some things that I'm not in control of. That's scary. But there's a God who does know what's going on. And there's a God who is in control. Isn't this what Jesus dealt with as He knelt there in the garden? And, and, he, and he prayed to His Father to the point of death, saying, My Father, if it's possible... Let this cup pass from me. I'm asking for something. Yet not as I will, but as Thou wills. See, I don't know where you're at in your life, but I can imagine that every one of us in this room can relate to Jesus as He prays in the garden. I've got something that I want. I've got something that makes sense to me. I've got something that I have figured out. 
I want this as bad as I've ever wanted anything. And God, here's, here's, how, it's, here's how it can all work. And we, we present those things to our God. But God, if I don't know something, if I'm missing something, I want Your will to be done. I want Your will to be done in my life. Not just in heaven, but I want Your will to be done in, in my life today and in my life tomorrow. The Bible, speaks of, the Bible speaks of a day when our soul will leave our body. And he says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 5, He who prepared us for this very purpose is God. Our lives are not just about what you're going to do at school tomorrow or who you're going to visit tomorrow or what you're going to do at work or what your holiday plans look like. Those things are important to us, aren't they? But our lives are so much more than that. And that thing that we see, or that thing that we miss so often, God sees. He's using us and preparing us so that one day we can put off this flesh and we can go to be with Him for all of eternity. We speak of the will of God. Such a difficult and a deep principle and concept. And I don't always know what God's will is. I don't always know what God's plan is. But friends, I do know what God wants from you tonight. Friends, if you're not a Christian, God's will that He has sacrificed everything to bring about is that you be saved. And if you leave here tonight as one who has never been born again as Christ, you do so contrary to what God wants, to what God has paid for. God's will is for us to be a people who will walk in His light. And if you leave here tonight in rebellion to God, knowing that there is sin that you have not made right through the blood of Jesus Christ, you do so in rebellion to God's will. God. God wants us to be a people that have peace in our hearts. He wants us to be a people that will take all of our cares and all of our anxieties and cast them upon Him. He wants us to have a peace that passes understanding, a joy that, that I don't have the words to express this, this evening. But that's what God wants us to have. That's what He offers to us. There may be many things I don't know about God's will, but those things I do know. So as you make your plans for today and tomorrow, for the coming months and the coming years, slow down and remember that God has a plan for you and for your family, and for this church. Are you willing to be a part of it? Friends, the invitation is for you to come and walk in the will of God. Come as we stand and come as we sing. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because He first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of His precious blood, a sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus.
Jesus, because he first loved me. It tells of one whose loving heart can heal my deepest woes, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because He first loved me. If you have not had the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper today, it has been left prepared for you. You can exit the auditorium and turn to your right and you will be served. We're going to conclude our service uh, this evening with number 577. We bow down. Following the song, we'll be dismissed in prayer. You are Lord of creation and Lord of my life, Lord of the land and the sea. You were Lord of the heavens before there was time, and Lord of all lords you will be. We bow down and we worship you, Lord. We bow down and we worship you, Lord. We bow down and we worship you, Lord. Lord of all, Lord, you will be. You are King of creation and King of my life. King of the land and the sea. You were King of the heavens before there was time. And King of all kings you will be. We bow down and we crown you the King. We bow down and we crown you the King. We bow down and we crown you the King. King of all kings you will be. If you allow me to share a word that Wester's lesson has brought to me from the Old Testament of Nebuchadnezzar's. And he... He understood that he wanted to take the, the pleasure of doing everything on his own, which we do sometime today. We think we control things. We think we are the ones responsible. But he said, and at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. And I bless the Most High and praise and honor him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? In verse 37, he said, Now Nebuchadnezzar praise and exhort and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight as humbly as we know how. We know, Father, that we are people who stumble in life, who face trials and tribulations and are weak against them. But we look to you, Father, for strength. We ask that you would be with us, Father, that you would strengthen us, but we ask that you would help us with our unbelief. Father, there is many who are troubled in heart tonight, many who are facing illness and sickness. And we just ask, Father, if it be thy will, that you would be of us the strength, Father, to endure our trials, to overcome our sickness, that we may be example to others of your loving and your mercy. Father, we thank you for the families that meet here at this church. And we just ask that you would always give us the strength, Father, to come together as one with Christ as he is one with you. Father, we ask that you would go with us throughout this week and that we may walk in your glorious light, that we may be example to others of the love and mercy that you have for us. Father, give us the strength to continue to seek thy will in all that we do, that we may be called Christians and that we may one day reach that goal that is the crown of life in heaven. Father, we thank you for the day that you have given us. We thank you for the, the beautiful weather that you have bestowed upon us. And we just ask that you would go with us throughout this week and that you would be with us and watch over us. And we ask this in your beloved son Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.